to this month's episode of the Good Boy Podcast. I am your host, Ilya Alexif, and on the Good Boy Podcast, we talk about good boys and good girls, and by that I mean dogs, and we tell fun, funny, sad stories, give memories, all that kind of stuff, celebrating dogs and just the, hopefully the joy, but what they bring to our lives. Um, today, I am joined with a good friend of mine, Max. What's up, Max? Hello. Great and to be here. Long-time listener. First-time caller. You're definitely one of the, the longest listeners, um, but um, I'm here today to talk about your dog, Hamilton. Yeah. And, uh, well, I goofed. I should have said talk about Hamilton, and then everyone would be confused. Like, like oh, Hamilton? Is this a musical podcast? Um so, uh, before we talk about Hamilton, mm. um, I just wanted to ask you, you have, you had a dog growing up, correct? Two, actually, yeah. Two. Two um, dogs, cats, we had a hamster, we were like an animal house, for sure. Cool, okay, because, like, one thing that, um, I always want to try to do is kind of contextualize, like, what kind of, like, dog experience, and even if it's just, like, whatever, you're a kid, yeah. I think having a dog as a kid is way different than having one for the first time as an adult and that's the situation you're in totally with Hamilton so um I guess um before we start talking about Hamilton um in great detail I wanted to ask you about Dingo <laughs> oh Dingo special guest Dingo that we um, had oh yeah so Dingo was a dog that you and your now fiance yeah, yeah. took care of and um you just take we're taking care of him for a friend right yeah just for a week for our for our friends um as they were looking for houses in Pennsylvania and um other than obviously just um helping a friend out was that something you were kind of like you guys were talking about like wanting a dog i'd been I'd been pushing for a dog like pretty much s since we moved in together. So we were like together for like a year and then got a place. And I was like, great, our own place. That means our own dog. Um, and Roni, my fiance, she never was really on the dog train. Um, and big dogs especially like frighten her quite a bit. So we never were like it was always uh, it was always a maybe thing. Um, and then these friends of ours. Uh, we're like, we need someone to watch Dingo, who's a little guy. He's some, I'm not exactly sure what kind of dog, but he's quite small and kind of looks like, um, those, like, what are those cavalier with the, like, long flowy, uh, long flowy ears and, yeah, he, like Lady from Lady and the Tramp a little bit. Yeah, he kind of reminded me in a weird way of kind of like a little fox. He definitely, because he was kind of long and red. He's got like red and white a little bit, or like a kind of lighter brown, I guess. Yeah, so um, how long were you living together before you started taking care of Dingo? Before we took care of Dingo, it was about two years. Okay. Yeah, or coming up to two years at that point. So this is like two years of me every few months sending her a picture of a dog that's up for adoption. Oh, wow. I was okay. pushing always. I was like, this is this is how we do this. Um, and then, like, we because we knew Dingo whenever we would go over to their house or what have you. So um, Dingo was always a very cool, small dog. And uh, then we had the opportunity to take care of Dingo for 
10 days and gave us a test also of like how can we interact with a dog how does a dog interact in our house how can we like work our life schedule around a dog because that's something we can even really handle uh and it went super fantastic and you guys have um probably you know everyone's busy but you guys have a slightly different scenario than most couples is that you guys act yeah so we kind of have two jobs yeah so i'm sure that was always i don't know how much you factored into like getting a dog whether you were thinking oh it's okay we'll figure it out and ronit was kind of like well we have this other thing yeah we it was um a lot of what put us off for a while was that we were like we need a, a, a drastic lifestyle shift, at least for a couple months, because if we do get a dog, it'd be really unfair to like bring this dog home and be like, okay, great, you're alone for nine hours a day, now bye. It's yeah. like we needed time, a, a block of time where we would be able to really acclimate this dog and spend a lot of time with this dog, so by the time that we did need to leave it alone every now and then, it would really, it would trust that we were around and helpful, you know? Um, and with Dingo, that week that we had Dingo actually aligned perfectly with a week that I was not in any shows or rehearsals. So I was able to come home immediately and it just like, it was the perfect week to take care of Dingo. Was she apprehensive about taking care of Dingo? Not really. I think cause she really likes Dingo and Dingo's again is small. So like nothing really scary about Dingo, something <laughs> about big dogs and, and big dogs also seem to know that she doesn't, want to interact with them because they'll like immediately be like hello my new friend and like she's little so they tend to like knock her over (laughs) so this this goes into my disclaimer that i do not claim to be a dog expert at all but i'm pretty sure dogs can smell fear some there's something about like um and obviously like even if they're just being friendly yeah and that's still like intimidating i think outside the creature yeah, yeah i think outside the wild it's like there's some sort of instinctual element of like I can sense that this person is afraid of me in the wild that can be used as like haha now I'm the yeah. dominant species but like in a domestic setting then it's like oh no I need to show that person that I'm not scary oh yeah, yeah oh let's yeah. be friends and then yeah. of course they you know some dogs tend to overdo it we have friends who have a huge huge um, golden retriever that looks like a like a wolf like a from Game of Thrones like it's massive. Yeah. And it like tends to just jump on her every and it when it and when it's up on its hind legs, it's taller than she is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so a small dog that she knew, and Dingo also happens to be just like really chill and cool and like very, very sociable. Um all of those things kind of meshed. When we were actually starting to look for dogs seriously, um Ronit had said like but what if our dog is not as cool as Dingo? <laughs> you know, like, so Dingo was, like, set at this very high standard of dog. So everything went well with Dingo, right? Yeah, and yeah, it was, so like, perfect. Were you kind of, like, saying, like, hey, like, after you returned Dingo, like, hey, that went pretty well? Were you kind of, I like, I imagine you weren't, like, super overbearing about it, but you'd, it seemed like you'd kind of, like, drop some seeds right it definitely helped yeah it definitely helped whenever the conversation would come up again it it could go a little further rather than just like ha 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 thanks for sending me a picture of that dog then it was like i would send a picture of a dog that was for adoption and the response would be like well not now because we have this show this show and this show lined up for the next three months but maybe when things slow down you know like the conversation started to actually um 
manifest more, you know, which was really, really great. So um, before we actually get, get right into Hamilton, how long after you ha- you took care of Dingo did you get Hamilton? Because that was fairly recently. Yeah, Hamilton we got on like, – oh, boy. Like less than a year, right? That we had Hamilton. We no, had, sorry. Oh, sorry. We, oh, from from Dingo to Dingo Getty. to Hamilton was actually almost, almost exactly, like maybe it was like a year and a month. Okay. Because we took care of Hamilton while, while our friends were checking out houses in Pennsylvania. Then they moved about a month later, and we got Hamilton almost a year to the day that we went to Pennsylvania to visit them. Oh, okay. And then came back from Pennsylvania and and picked up Hamilton that night. So it was about a, a little over a year from Dingo to Hamilton. Okay. Um, and so do you want to go into how you got Hamilton or do you want to just – Yeah. So like when, – when, when, Sorry. When, yeah. you, when you were sending, were you like fairly actively like checking different humane societies or adoption places like – All the time. I was time. I was like hounding these things. Um, I uh, we had agreed pretty early on, like if we were to get a dog, one the size was a huge thing; it had to be small. Um, and then because of our lifestyle, there was there would not be a lot of time for extended training. So like getting a puppy was not going to really suffice. So we started to seriously talk about senior dogs, and I found out about a company in San Francisco called Muttville. I don't know if you know about them. Heard of them. So they are literally just a senior dog facility. That's their whole thing. Speaking of senior dogs. Senior dog, special guest. Actually, his birthday is coming up in a couple days. Woo! Uh, Dewey will be turning 13. Wow. For real. How old's Mike? Nine. So, right, if you think – a weird way to think about it is you remember us getting Dewey. Oh, yeah. Mikey is the same age now as Dewey was when we got him. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, very cool. Yeah. So if you hear excessive breathing, that is (laughs) Mr. Dewey, and you can't hear it, but we we see it. Is Mikey is currently on my bed chewing a tennis ball. Um, So there, it's definitely his mo. Um, So, so I'd been I found out about this Muttville, yeah, Yeah. which they're they're a super cool organization. It's like just for dogs like eight and up. Um, that you know, if their owners have passed away, or if people are like, now this dog has medical issues, and I don't, I just can't take care of them, or whatever, they they um, take care. They have, uh, they got tons of dogs in there, and they host like adoption events all the time, and you can come meet all these dogs. So I would occasionally send uh, um, a listing from from Muttville over to her, and and say, check this one out, or this one out, or this one out, um, like probably every two months or so. Um, and then what really changed when I noticed was that she sent me a listing of an old dog. Oh. And I was like, hey now, uh-oh, this is coming. And we had we had a, a – I had a two-month break coming up from shows, so like that would have timed out well. And we had moved into a larger place that had like a proper backyard and all sorts of stuff. So a few things were kind of coming together, and then she sent me this dog named Darwin – and we were like, oh, this might be happening. So then um, we reached out to the 
team about Darwin, and they were like, oh, yeah, you can come meet him tomorrow. He just got out of surgery for his hips, and he's on this pill, this pill, this pill, and he's got a bipolar problem, and he's 14. And we were like, "Uh, hold on, would you recommend Darwin for uh, uh, like first time dog owners essentially. Yeah. And they were like, oh, absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess as a little quick side tangent, is that's like an interesting thing, right? Is someone who, I mean, you guys weren't lo- looking for the senior, senior dogs, but just someone who adopts senior dogs, because that's a tough thing, because you build an emotional relationship with your dog. Totally. And so. Getting to have to, even though you probably won't know him f- for maybe years, but build, building an re- emotional bond with an animal and then constantly going to having them die is probably very tough. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, obviously it's not good for first-time dog owners, but that's even just like, that's a commendable thing for anyone we do. were yeah we were actually when we when we adopted hamilton we were surprised at how many people like when we took him to the vet for the first time and when we would tell people like oh we got this dog he's eight and a half whatever we were surprised at how often people were like oh thank you for getting a senior dog and like that was the thing that we were like it's actually easier for us you know we don't have to train this dog he's already chilled out like it's actually way easier for us but i guess i it's a um a rarer situation um, which I uh, I was not aware of, so it's it's cool. Um, yeah, and it's I cool mean, that an organization it, like an organization like Muttville exists yeah, to just I mean, like so, that's what they they it, focus on. It's so easy to be like, I want a dog, and I want this this perfect golden retriever puppy, and it's going to be the best. And that's so easy to want, right? Yeah, um, and, and, and you know, <laughs> you, but, and you guys were in a good spot though because you like different circumstances you were your options were limited to what you're looking for so it's like even if you found the perfectly sized puppy it's like oh well we can't have a puppy because we don't have enough time to train him and all this kind of stuff and so i feel like that helped you guys in a lot of ways it really helped narrow things down and then we had three dogs to look at basically when we were like let's seriously look so there was a dog named meredith from muttville and she was like, I think she was like part Shiba Inu. She was like, had that very straight but pointy hair. Yeah. And there was another dog um, from Muttville named Mochi. And so we go to this adoption event and Mochi's not there, but Meredith is. And Meredith like had just gotten out of surgery. Um, she had gotten spayed. And so we go and meet her and like she immediately like, I sat down next to her and she immediately like cuddled with me. And then when we were like, all right, we're going to go see other dogs. Bye, Meredith. She just like rolled over on her back and was like, no, you're not. You got to pet my belly still. <laughs> and so like it, we were almost set on, on Meredith that day. And they told us, they were like, by the way, Meredith's eyes aren't so good. So what you're going to have to do is uh, uh, every morning, every night, you're going to have to rub ointment on her eyeball. Ooh. And both of us were like, all right. And that's kind of how we knew like, yeah, we do want to do this. Because they gave us kind of a, a, a oh. challenge. They gave us a big challenge with Meredith, and we both were like, yeah, yeah, that's something we'll do. We want this dog bad enough. So it was a good indication that we were, like, absolutely ready to do this thing. Um, the thing that I didn't know about adopting dogs is that holds don't really happen. I, like, tend to prepare for things. Ooh, so I was yeah, like, i got to yeah. make sure the house is ready for a dog and all this stuff. And so we were like, let's go. Let's pick a dog. 
go home, make the house ready, and then pick up this dog next week. And they were like, no, we don't hold dogs. And that was not something I had ever considered. Yeah. Um, I mean, just thinking about that real quick right now is obviously it makes sense. But could you imagine there's probably a ton of people who are like, yeah, I'll get that dog. And then they put a hold on it and then they never show up. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's so <laughs> messed up. Oh, and I bet I, I, I totally get it. Like I was yeah, like, oh, that yeah, makes yeah. it makes perfect sense. It's just something I had never but considered. It's like that, again, goes into like lack of experience and like totally because every time i mean so the first dog i had growing up was already it was like there before i was born yeah um but then the second one was like we went to the humane society and then picked the dog and took the dog home that night it was just not something i had considered as an adult that like we just did that all in one day you know because as a kid you're just so excited so it was it was like a lack of understanding how how this operates i was like oh my gosh so we basically went like, well, in a week when we are actually ready, um, if Meredith is still there, we will pick up Meredith. And there was another couple there that was looking at dogs, and they had seen Meredith just before us. And then, like, they didn't follow us around while we were at the adoption event, but we saw them a few more times, and they kept going like, do you know who you're picking yet? And we were like, okay, that's, no, that's what about so, you? And they so were like, weird. yeah, I think we're pretty close. And I'd be like, get away from what, me. <laughs> what, what is the pur- what's the purpose of that? That 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 really irritates me. It was bothersome. Like, it was really bothersome. Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just my personality. But, like, if I'm going, like, in a public space, I don't want, like, people, like, even if I it's a fair or whatever, I don't want to keep – having this weird small talk like over and yeah. over again. it's one thing to say hi or like oh you again you know and joke or make a lame joke about that like even if it was lower stakes it would bother me like if at the grocery store someone yeah. was like hey did you find the pickles i'd be like leave yeah, exactly. me alone exactly like <laughs> like i don't it, it lower stakes it would still bother me so we were like yeah. Ugh. um like how old were they they were like they were middle-aged middle-aged yeah okay they middle-aged. so they've this is all they got. That's all, that's it. They were like, we're sorry, gonna, sorry to be mean. To yeah, th- I think they went to the adoption event for a dog and maybe for some friends. I don't know. But um, we check the next morning on and, the site and Meredith is off the site. So, I mean, we don't know if, if that family got her. But um, in any case, we were like, bummer for us. Great thing for her. She's going to a happy home. Like the, in the end, that's the whole point of Muttville. So like great job, but bummer for us. Um, meanwhile, dog number three was Hamilton. Ooh. Who ha- sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Before we interrupt you. But I, before I forget, I just wanted to tell you that I I don't think you know this, but when we were getting Mikey and I and I don't remember I apologize if, apologize if I told this on the Mikey episode, but when we had gotten Mikey, my mom and Dima had gone to the Humane Society to look at dogs um before and they had found I think it was a female black lab named, like, Cassie or something like that. And they were thinking about that dog. And they didn't get her. And then when we got Mikey, we went back to the Humane Society with the whole family. Like, a couple days later, she was gone. Whoa. And so that led us to Mikey. So it's it's just kind of like that, if you want to call it fate or There's whatever. There's something there. There's but totally yeah, some kind of like, providence, yeah. Um, I remember yeah, so when we got my dog, Rocky, in – I was in – fourth grade and I remember we went and we all fell in love with this boxer and I cannot remember her name but we went up to the counter to be like we are adopting her and the lady behind the counter was like oh she's really not good with kids oh yeah and then 
we were like, oh gosh. And then then we were like, okay, next choice, Rocky. Yeah. And he ended up being an absolute delight. So really, there's always some kind of pet guiding yeah. feature. Yeah. Um, so this third dog was Hamilton. Ham- Hamilton. Yeah. And they, so the Hamilton was actually with the the Humane Society in, in um, Milpitas, so not Muttville. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah. He and he had come back to the shelter, so he had gotten adopted, and so when we said like, oh, this is so so Darwin was with the Humane Society as well. Darwin was not with Muttville. Darwin okay. was, and and when we said. Uh, uh, is this good for a first-time dog owner? And they said, no. The lady actually said, hey, pretty soon a dog came back to us. He's eight and a half, um, and he's actually going to probably be pretty good for first-time dog owners. So check the website, see what you think, and then give me a call if you want to meet this guy. And that happened to be Hamilton. So he had gotten adopted, and uh, when they and then like three months later, the... Um, the, the family that got him brought him back, and he was, like, four pounds underweight. He was, like, way desocialized. And four pounds underweight. For a little guy. A, for a little guy. Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. part chihuahua and part corgi, we think, because he's long. And we were like, oh, maybe part chihuahua, part dachshund, but his butt is super fluffy. He's, it sometimes looks like he's wearing, like, parachute pants. And his ears point up. Super big pointy ears. Yeah. So we think it's, it's a corgi what makes him so long. Um, but yeah, so he's a little guy, like 12 pounds is like a healthy weight for him. So like down to eight and a half, nine is, is a rough spot to be in. And like he was way desocialized. So um, what, what we found out was that like this family that adopted him, when they would leave for the day, they would just like lock him in the bathroom. And then when they would get home and go to bed, they would put him in his crate. And so he was, and, and this is a guy who's used to, for the most part, just like living in the house. So... They had recently adopted him. Like, he was somewhere else before they got him. So he was with a foster family that oh. was through the Humane Society. Okay. Got adopted. Three months later, came back. And okay. that was when we got him. Okay. And so the the house you're talking about... Was like the foster family's house. Oh, sorry. So, sorry. Oh, the yeah. bathroom people were... Were the ones, the ones who adopted who return, him. Who, the ones and then returned, returned him. him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they returned him. And they returned him with, like... It's so silly. Like they, when we adopted Hamilton, they gave us this bag that was like, "This is all the stuff that the other family bought for him and is not going to use anymore." And it was like bright pink water bowls, like hot pink stuff all over the place. And we were like, "I don't have anything against pink, but like clearly, what you had adopted, what you'd wanted to adopt, was like an accessory. Like you didn't want an animal. You oh, didn't want a do- yeah, like or- you wanted a cute small accessory oh, that you thought would make like ma- you think of your." Uh, legally blonde kind of yeah I think it was just like I think I don't think they were they were malicious people I don't think they yeah, were like dog like abusers Hilton, like yeah I just thing, think that yeah. they that they wanted something cutesy but like didn't consider that like animals have personalities and, and like, you have to take care of and it and you have to take care of it yeah, yeah yeah Um, so he comes back to the shelter and then we go see him and like the picture they took of him for their website also was like unreal he had like a big smile on his ears were like in full flight mode, like this dude, or like all range mode in Starbucks. Yeah, they were like wide mode. open, um, and so we were like, "This guy's got unreal charm. He's amazing." So we go to meet him, and we meet him with the foster family that had been taking care of him. Um, and he like immediately jumps onto my lap, and he like starts licking me all over, and we were like, "This is definitely going to be it." And so he was underweight then, right? He had or- gained back like two of his pounds so he was like okay. 10 and a half 
where healthy for him is like 11 and a half, 12. Do you know how long he had been with the Humane Society after being returned? Um, only about two weeks. Okay. Yeah, only about two weeks. And so the, so he was with a foster family, got adopted. When he came back, they, they gave him back to the foster family because it was like this foster family knows him. Okay. And he went back. They, they have two dogs of their own and grandkids. And they were like, the difference now is that he's not so good with the grandkids anymore. And he's kind of just okay with these dogs whereas he used to be friends and with everybody and he had known them yeah 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 so, so he really he came back like super desocialized and you're totally leading towards this but just the psychological uh i guess torment or yeah i mean I, environment yeah. of being in a bathroom for eight at, nine hours a day i mean like and this is where it's like sometimes frustrating because like we mentioned like with a puppy you want it but not everyone realizes that it's like a living thing and that it you need to be taken care of properly yeah i mean they may think oh he has space to move around or he'll just sleep in there but i mean he's probably would go in there and bark and then kind of cower yeah and be scared well and and when we leave the house now for probably a couple minutes He'll howl a little bit just because we're not there. And then he calms down. We have a little camera. We keep an eye on him. Um, and he calms down and he sleeps all day. But he has the whole house. But he does, like, howl for a minute or two. And I can only imagine in a bathroom that's also going to reverberate and hurt your ears. And he is hard of hearing. So we think that maybe his time in the bathroom set him oh, up so for that. Oh, so maybe he barked himself unint- out, you know? Unintentionally made his hearing worse. And he's got, like, it's – you'll see in the post – the picture I put for, like, the episode – is he's got like almost cartoonish sized ears it's like a for, bat. for his body. Yeah, it's like a bat. <laughs> it's like um yeah, so for for his size. So um yeah, I can only imagine. And they're probably yeah, like I said he has space, but it's like just something that I've like observed with just having dogs is sometimes we need to put the dogs in a room because whatever, there's some workers coming in or Whatever we don't we need we need them out of the room, and we have a room that kind of like can split the house into the TV room to the backyard and the garage where their water and food is, and that door being closed is like very significant to them and both ways. Sometimes they're locked in that room, sometimes they're locked out of that room, and it's like this huge like psychological barrier. Totally, you know, like freedom. Like I don't I don't have the option to go there and it's like those are where the people are and i want to go to the people and so yeah i mean um because even even now like when we if we are uh uh, like cleaning the bedroom so we'll he'll have the entire house except the bedroom but because we're in the bedroom that's the only place he wants to be yeah you know and it's i mean it's like you have so much space but he just he will sit by the door um and it's yeah i mean it's 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 a a connection, I think, that he that he missed. Yeah, I mean, like you know, dogs are pack animals, and they like being with people. Uh, so it 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 makes sense, and it's sad, like that he didn't have that. And so, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's uh, man, it's it's just tough. it's a bummer. It, it's, it's, and every time we tell somebody, like, oh, he got adopted before us, and they brought him back, everyone's like. How? Why did anyone give him back? 
because he's super chilled out. He's like very okay with everybody. He naps a lot or he just like hangs out with you. He doesn't, uh, he does not bark very often except like when he sees other dogs. So he's like a pretty quiet, mellow dog. And everyone's like, why on earth would anyone give him back? And it's like, I think they just were like, oops, having a dog is a responsibility. I didn't realize that. I mean, I'm trying to think of like a, a good analogy for like, choosing a like the right dog and the thing that kind of comes into my mind is like if you're someone who buys the wrong car so maybe you buy a car that you realistically can't afford like or it's not practical or or it's like i don't know you get this like humongous truck and you live in this small residential streets or you buy a car that's like some sports car that's way too fast and then it's like maybe you mess it up or something happens and it's like it's a hard thing to return and dogs you can return but it's like what happens to them and i'm sure you'll go into that of how hamilton's behavior was when you first got him yeah yeah um one thing that i uh that I just want to say about the Silicon Valley Humane Society and their foster family that we dealt with was that, again, like this whole idea of holds and no holds on dogs. So we went and and adopted Hamilton because the only way we were able to get Hamilton was because the foster family was like, sure, we'll keep him for a few extra days so you can get the house ready. They were like, they were like, we just want to make sure he does end up at a good house. You guys seem pretty cool, so we'll actually hold him. But like the Humane Society wouldn't hold him, and again, like no one holds dogs. So it was actually like the cooperation of the Humane Society and the foster family. Without that, we would not have gotten the dude, which is awesome. Yeah, and so, uh, do you remember how frequently you were looking at like the the sites for dogs, like every day or every once a week? I was probably looking like once a week, because my mom- and then probably once a month. One would really stand out to me. Because my mom, um, she hasn't been doing it recently, but even after we got Dewey, she would, like, constantly look. And, like, one thing that you would notice is, like, you know, not to sound too, I don't know. I don't want to sound really bad, but a lot of the, quote-unquote, good dogs get adopted quickly. You know, like, the young lab puppy or the young German shepherd get adopted quickly. So it's kind of like... This dog who's been sitting here, it's like, well, what's wrong with him? Yeah, you really do start to go like, oh, um, I wonder what, why, why yeah, no one's picking so, this dog up? And it could be uh, any number of things. Yeah, um, and especially in our area, the um, and and the more south you go, like we were in, you know, Milpitas, San Jose area, looking for dogs too. And it's like yeah. the majority of that landscape is Chihuahuas. Yeah, it's Chihuahuas. That just is the nature well, of the la- of, I mean, of that, the, the you know the, the dog demographic is like primarily Chihuahuas and Chihuahua mixes, which will typically go on the website as terrier mixes because they because oh. they don't want because there's so many Chihuahuas that they yeah. wanna they wanna entice you by saying something else. Then you get there and they're like, oh yeah, this guy's kind of got. Big eyes, maybe you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. When uh, yeah, just from observing my mom um, looking at these dogs, even before we got Dewey, we would kind of look. Yeah, like the Milpitas one, and then sorry if you don't if you don't know Bay Area ge- geography if you're listening to this, but basically around San Jose, and then the Peninsula one, which is between, which is basically the one between. San Francisco and San Jose. Maybe I'm missing one. It's just past Burlingame, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. 
and then they have San Francisco, and then we noticed that kind of like the more there are a lot more int- a lot more variety and kind of interesting dogs like up in Marin, which is north of San Francisco, mm. and there are some kind of more. It's not for anyone who doesn't know. It's not a hundred percent like strictly city. Like there are some areas that are kind of more country, and there are farms there and more open areas so there there was like all sorts of dogs yeah um and we went there to look so yeah like if you you feel bad just in general because there's so many chihuahuas and and again and again people don't tend to which we didn't know at the time but people don't tend to adopt older dogs for the reasons you're saying yeah you only have a limited amount of time with them if they do have bad habits they're probably not going to break them yeah. Um, and uh, depending on your perspective, they're not as cute as puppies, you know. Yeah. Um, we think Hamilton's the cutest, but it's and it's really funny because like I grew up, both dogs that I had growing up were big. Yeah. Um, and so I was never on the small dog train, and then similarly, I was always on like the anti Chihuahua train because like every Chihuahua I'd ever encountered was mean and loud and like not fun. Yeah. And then now that I have this dog who has essentially a chihuahua's head. Like, there's nothing yeah. really corgi about his head. Um, but he's got this chihuahua head. I'm like, chihuahuas are pretty cute. Like, I've totally shifted and my perspective like, on chihuahuas just by owning one. I mean, real quick, do you think the Beverly Hills chihuahua movies, do you think those may- worsened or increased, like, people's, view, like, positive... Did they negatively or positively affect people's views of chihuahuas? I, I can be only honest, imagine I, they're more annoying. I think they are kind of made it slightly, at least slightly more negative to me. <laughs> I mean, we had a good thing going with the Taco Bell, the, you know, Yoke Hero. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was a good good one. Great chihuahua. Um, but I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't know if the, but, and I have no, I have no, I don't know anything about those movies. I think there's three. I haven't seen them. There's, I don't know. Oh, I, I thought there was. I still, think there's three. Oh my I, gosh! The, I, in I every in every talking dog movie, though, also the Chihuahua is always like high pitched and like, "Hey, what's everybody doing?" Like they design the Chihuahua really to not be the cool um, dog. Do you know Keith David? Oh he, yeah, yeah. He should voice a. Chihuahua. He should voice a Chihuahua. <laughs> just just to kind just of break like the barrier. Just like the Arbiter, he should voice a Chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> just on a side note, Keith. If I ever do some like movie or TV show, I want Keith David in it. But, oh yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm gonna lean towards those. Probably had a more negative, probably more negative. Impact. Um, but I don't know. Like I literally don't know anything about those movies. Like I don't know if they tried to have like a positive spin about adopting dogs or anything. No I, have, idea. I have no idea. Um, I, but, I, but you, you, yeah. so you are telling the story of a dog who broke. The, I'm totally pro chihuahua. Generalizations, um, yeah. We broke a lot of the stereotypes about that. So, I guess, uh, do you want to just briefly, uh, physically describe Hamilton? Yeah, we've done it a little bit, but so yeah, he's um, he is so he's part chihuahua and we think part corgi. So he's like a long guy with a fluffy butt and a chihuahua's head essentially. So if you can imagine a corgi with a long tail and a chihuahua's head, like that's pretty much what his situation is. Um, he's slender. We've had a lot of people tell me that he looks like a baby deer. Yeah, so I, I was thinking about that because I saw your your Which I've started on, I've started definitely, definitely on adopting. Instagram. Yeah. So uh, um, y- you basically did a side by side comparison of a 
baby uh, fawn curled yeah. up, and you you took a picture of Hamilton, and then Hamilton, doing and the he same. is. You, you keep saying curry, but he is like tan, like a tall yeah, chihuahua. yeah. He's, he's definitely like, he's a he's light like he's, orange, exactly. Or he's like a light. He's like a light brown, and now that he's he's eight and a half, um, so he's he's got some white on across his back and then across his his mouth as well. And as we mentioned, he has big floppy ears, super ca- floppy, kind ears. of like the um, the German Shepherd, like up ears. Yeah, yeah, because they're yeah. like very sharp triangles too. I Again, mean. sorry if. Anyone listening knows the correct terminology for what that um, is. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> but for everyone else, that's the ones they are. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I guess, do you want to like go into how his behavior and kind of he was once you guys brought him in? Yeah. So the drive home, first of all, he was like super shaky. So one of the things also that we were looking at was. Um, because of Ronit's allergies, we were looking at a dog that doesn't shed too much. Like, kind of all dogs shed uh, to some extent, or they have dander. Um, but there are some that shed a lot less than others. And so we were looking at a dog that does not shed a lot. And for the most part, he does not. However, when he's really stressed, it all he shakes it right off. And so uh. this drive home, he's sitting on Ronit's lap, and we're like, yay, we got a dog, finally, first drive home. And she's just covered in hair. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, so I, and I think we might have glossed this over. Um, he was great with everything. Like, he liked you guys when you met him. When we first met him, he liked us a lot. Okay. Yeah. And then and then he was. He was really excited to um, to jump in the car with us and stuff okay, like that. Okay, so, you, so you're like, cool. Everything's going great. Everything's and going great. And then he starts shaking. And then he starts shaking. And, and it was like we were driving home at night. So And he also, like, he's not blind or anything, but his, his eyesight, like, one eye is quite cloudy. And the other okay. one is not so much. So, like, his eyesight's going a little bit. His hearing's going a little bit. It's dark in a new car with new people. So, he started to get a little nervous and shaking. Um, so, he started shedding, like, all over the place. So, it was, like, first indication of, oh, this might be – we're in for a, a little bit of a different adventure than we expected. Um, and we brought him home, and he immediately started, like, running around the house and exploring um, and and enjoying himself. Like, he was just, like, sniffing things and having a good time. And um, people had – we had friends who were really excited that we had – finally got a dog so people had bought us we had three bark boxes waiting for us from that service bark box where they send you like a month uh every month they send you like some treats and some toys and things like that so we had three of those so upon arrival this dude had 12 toys and like 12 different kinds of treats and things like that um most of which he still does not play with he's not a toy guy but we at first thought, oh, he just is, he's not used to these yeah. things. It's a lot of, it's overstimulation. Um, but yeah, so he, he explored the house and we had taken the, the whole next day off work and everything uh, to make sure that we could spend the whole day with him and kind of walk him around town and get him. And in. when you walked in the front door, was he like just sniffing around? Like, yeah, he just started sniffing like around. Comparable to like you taking a dog on a walk? For the most part, yeah. He yeah, just started just sniffing so, around. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and just kind of exploring every nook and cranny of the house and kind of seeing where he could go. He didn't really jump on any furniture yet because I don't think he was comfortable with it or anything, but he was sniffing around a lot um, and just kind of exploring. And, and he had already eaten that day, so it wasn't like he was looking for food or anything, but um, he was just kind of getting acclimated to the place. And then we go, okay, it's pretty late, so we're going to bed. And part of the package that we got when we adopted him was um, a bed as well. And the bed was okay, just kind yeah. of a standard dog bed. So we were like, oh, yeah, we could totally use that. Then we also got his crate, and we were like, we're shoving this in the garage far away so he never yeah. has to see it again. Was he in the crate in the car? 
No. Okay. No. Um, the Humane Society requires you to do so while you are fostering a dog. So, like, the foster family brought him in a crate, but then we, like, just took him and we're like, no crates for you, hopefully, for the rest of your life, dude, because, like, your crate experience is bad. When, when, he, when he came back to the Humane Society, um, they told us that he had chipped a tooth because he was trying to get out of his crate. Oh, okay. So, like, crates, we, like, tucked that thing away Just, just, just a little teaser for, um, I guess, this will this will be posted after it, but just to let you know is um, Aaron, mm. his dog had, he has, like, a medium-sized dog. Crazy stories about, and she was young, pretty young, mm. getting out, trying to get out of crate. Oh, boy. So. See, and I grew up, my uh, Rocky, the dog we had, um, primarily for most of my life growing up, he loved his crate. This dude would run into yeah, his, some, this dude some, would run some. into his kennel every time you, he, he had the chance. And when he was like for probably five years, he would sleep in his kennel. And we were like, you know, it's been five years, dude. We're gonna leave the kennel door open for the night. And he he could not understand what was going on. He freaked out. He was like, uh, can you close this? I'm not safe in here to sleep. You it was know, so that funny. That just reminds me of like. A cartoon like a, like a Looney Tunes or something, where it's like an animal like unzips their coat or something. Like it makes <laughs> some sort of joke with that, but it's like it's not zipped, and he's like, he's like, what am I supposed wrong? to do? Yeah, what am I supposed to do yeah, with this? Yeah, so he loved his crates. So then it's like we hear about this dog that's like, I want to sleep on your bed essentially. And what we found out from the foster family is that he typically sleeps. He would sleep like on their pillow with it, like in their face. <laughs> and we were like, that's not going to be what we're about, especially with Ronit with her allergies. Um, so we were like, we'll put his bed next to our bed and he'll go, oh, that's my bed. I'll sleep in it. And he did not. He was not. He was like, your bed is my bed. I don't care where you put my bed. And do you know if he used this bed at the Humane Society? Um, I don't know. Because that could be one thing, you know. He's just not like, used to he's it. like, that's not mine. What is that You know, thing? like, I can throw, like, the other day I just threw a blanket down. And yeah. And he was lying on it. Um, Whatever, but, yeah. But he, he knows the place. Like, I don't know if, like. Well, what we ended up doing was putting his bed on our bed at the foot. And okay. he sleeps there now. Okay, yeah. So he kind of got that. So it's kind of, kind of the learned, compromise. kind of learned. Of yeah, like, a little bit of a compromise. This is a Hamilton that's yeah so he'll he'll end up going to his bed for the most part he really likes cuddling so he'll every now and then try and sneakily crawl up to us while we're sleeping and then wake us up because he's not so subtle and then, <laughs> then we're like get back to your bed and then he'll crawl over to his bed but um yeah that was like the first night was just kind of figuring out where does he sleep and he was like where am i supposed to sleep um so the bed at the foot of the bed was kind of a pretty good compromise for him uh to to kind of understand how the space worked Okay. Um, how was his um, – so he was kind of just kind of being – I don't know. I don't want to say cautious, but exploratory. Yeah, exploratory, and for the most part pretty mellow. I mean the next day he started jumping up on the couch, and like he understood where his food was going to be and like things like that. So he, he, he adapted really quick. The one thing that he had trouble with was that he did not know how to tell us that he had to go outside to pee. Because yeah, I guess at his foster family, they had a doggy door. Okay, and you guys just have a sliding door. We just got a sliding door to the backyard. And he did not know how to tell us. And for we got him on a Monday. For the whole week, he would only pee when we would take him out to go walking. And we were okay. like, oh, I guess he's able to wait. And then yeah. on s- Friday night, that first week, um, in the middle of the night, he jumps off the bed. And we're like, oh, what's he doing? And then we just hear, in the, in the dark, we just hear him peeing on the floor. 
And then we're like, oh. And so I scoop him up and I take him outside and he pees for like a minute straight. Wow. He, I guess he had been holding it. Yeah. And like letting out little bits around town to mark his territory, but like to actually properly pee just to relieve himself. I guess he'd been holding it for like a whole week. Yeah. And then the next day he did it again in the morning. And so we had, uh, and then nothing for the whole next week. And then week two, pretty much the same thing. Saturday morning, he peed on the floor. So he was really having trouble telling us that he had to go outside. So what we started doing um, was like every two hours, we would just open the back door and like tell him to go outside. And sometimes he wouldn't have to pee, but sometimes he would. So then like after week three, he jumped off the bed, went to the door, and then came back to us. And like nudged us, and then went back to the door. Oh, and we're like, okay. "Oh, cool! He figured it out." So, um, he he did eventually learn how to do it. So he's not really a barker, right? No, on, on walks, he is. He'll bark at other dogs. He'll bark at other dogs. He has no sense of patterns at all. Sometimes he will bark at people. Sometimes he is cool with people. Okay. There is no real pattern to what dogs. A hundred percent of the time, he will bark. Um, but people, it's it's odd. He we don't know what is. He what hasn't his barked thing is. at like the. Door to go outside. No. Um, would and, you guys- when, and when we bring guests over, he doesn't bark. Well, like I feel like he has this sense of like, if you're in the house, you're supposed to be here, so I'm not going to bark at you. Yeah. Well, what Mike does is he, if he hears you outside, he'll bark ferociously sometimes, but he'll just bark. But then once you're inside, he's like, oh, like you're part of the crew. You're supposed to be here. Um. Yeah. Like he, he'll even like sometimes I'll come home late and I'll hear barking. I'm like, Mike. You know, sure, like it's me. You know, like, <laughs> don't don't wake everyone up. Yeah. Um. So, uh, do you tell them like a command to go outside, or do you just kind of walk outside? Or we we typically, if we open the door, he knows what's up. Okay. But um, he he reacts to just saying pee, and he'll kind of figure that out. We've found with his hearing issues that like if you got hard consonants or any kind of plosive word. That's the part that he can hear. So P, you got a, a sharp oh. sound. Um, but like his name doesn't really have any of those, so he doesn't actually react to his name very well. Like Hamilton, the T, but it's like so late in the game that that word that he doesn't really get it. But if you just go, come here, he, he does. So, because um, I, come here. Yeah, so like other come commands. Here, so like we, we, we taught him, we found that the couple of words that he reacts to pretty frequently are both Hebrew words. Because there's some oh. really hard consonants, and so like the the word for like uh, essentially like watch me or pay attention is takshiv. So you got a t, you got a k, you got a v, you got a lot of. So he'll immediately turn when you say that, and then mespich, which has a lot of like p and yeah. k, uh, that means essentially it means like enough. So when he starts to bark at somebody, he'll he, if you give him a strong enough mespich, he'll he'll be like, oh okay, I'm not supposed to do that. So we had to teach him Hebrew. So you just kind of say, come come here, come like Yeah, or you can here. clap. Okay. Or pounding on the floor really helps. That's the thing is what I've found, like, if he's at one end of the hall and I pound on the floor on the other end of the hall, he'll feel it and totally know what's going on. Okay. He's like a mole. He's like a mole. Um, <laughs> cause like, I, I think, like, a lot, like, I think one reason why you, you have a lot of the, like, dogs that are, like, lucky and buddy is you kind of have, like you said, the hard sound and then like an E sound. Yeah. It's like usually two syllables. So Mikey, Dewey. Like mm-hmm. Mikey knows M- Mike. Like he learned that. Yeah. But I think I think it's a hard sound. Um, 
Yeah, so sometimes it's weird, like because he doesn't hear like an, another language, like for whatever maybe reason. Or, yeah, cause yeah, because of, of the, the just the or, just yeah. the way that the words are built. Yeah, yeah. Because like Fourth like of July, everyone was like, "Well, how's he going to be with fireworks?" And we're like, "We don't know." And like someone set off something that rumbled our house, like it was so close and loud. And all he did was kind of sit up and look around, and then went back to sleep. Like the, <laughs> the a firework did not affect him whatsoever because it's just kind of a low rumble to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so how is he – so does it seem like, though, he's, like, pretty – when he hears it, that he's, like, fairly obedient? Yeah, yeah. So, like, okay. um, the the takshiv word that we use, um, he'll immediately look at us, which was the point. Where, like, if he sees something like a dog or, like, something else and we want him to, to not interact with it, we got to give him a word to look at us. And, we'll, and we just kind of trained him with every time we said takshiv, and he would look, we would give him a treat. So now he looks, and he's like, where's my treat? Okay. Because um, he definitely likes treats. He's a food-motivated guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's funny. Like, Mike, Mike is smart enough where, like, if someone, like, especially if someone's in the kitchen, because kitchen implies food, that if he hears someone called Dewey, he'll come oh he's like oh do what's do we get dogs are always like um uh you know you gotta you gotta spread the Survive. love yeah you, yeah you, you gotta give we it both, if i'm here you gotta give it to me the foster family told us that hamilton f- for a while was eating the other dog's food as well <laughs> yeah so real quick we, we think mike mike we went we took mike to the vet and he was told he had to lose some weight and we're like how he's a very active dog and we're and we realized that dewey doesn't finish his breakfast and he would come swoop it up every day yep yep so um yeah yeah sneaky guy enjoy your diet Um, (laughs) but yeah the same thing too is like sometimes we have two cats so sometimes we'll be giving treats to four animals and some animals dewey are more um uncontrollable than others so he'll be <laughs> offering his paws to shake and he'll be like falling on a cat he's trying to eat his treats um it's a mess yeah he's just like what do i have to do to get this food from you um but so he he's hamilton's having these pee things but you kind of work through them yeah for the most part he he adapted really fast um we read when we first like the the little packet that the humane society gives you one of the things they suggested when you first adopt a dog was like establish a small area of the house that's just theirs and and make it like a fun cool space like play with them a little bit but then when you leave like find a way to to gate it so we bought some baby gates and we basically went like the kitchen can be his and it's tile so if he does pee it's easy to clean up and it's also pretty big so he doesn't feel so confined um and he can see through the gates so that's cool so it's like a little more comfortable so we set up baby gates these things are three feet high and he is a chihuahua with stumpy corgi legs. Yeah. And we were like, let's test him out. So we basically set up the baby gates and we take a walk around the block. And when we come home, this dude is at the front door. Oh. He jumped the gates. Three feet high, this dude jumped the gates. Yeah. And so we were like, well, I guess. How long is this after you had him? This was like day one. Okay. We were okay. like, and so we like, we, we established like, hey, your food is here. There's toys in here. Hey, let's play around in the kitchen a little bit. And then, so he was, he was like, oh, the kitchen's fun. And then we barred it off. So he wouldn't worry, right? And he was cool. And the second we left, probably he, he jumped. So, actually, it was. It was the second we, so we actually, we tried two baby gates. There were short ones. 
and we left the house to test it. And then Ronit was like, oh, I forgot my phone. So we turned back around, immediately walked in, and he was at the door. <laughs> and we were like, well, that clearly didn't work. So uh, then we used the taller ones, and that's yeah. when he still jumped over them. But we were like, it, he's long and small, so like, it can't be pretty when he jumps over it. Like, he, there's no way he's clearing it. <laughs> so it's probably pretty ugly. He's probably going to hurt himself if we if we let this happen. Or he's going to get a yeah. foot caught in the in the chain. Well, yeah. not chain, but it's like it's like whatever the mesh is. Yeah. If he's going to get a foot caught, and if we're gone at work, and he's what going to be dangling upside down for an hour, like it just so we were like, he just we're going to have to take a risk and give him the whole house. If he pees, he pees, and we're just going to have to deal with that. But what we found is that when we're not home, he doesn't really drink water. He just lays down. He kind of he has his spot on the couch. And he just sleeps all day. So then he doesn't really have to pee. Yeah, I feel like I noticed that too is um, when a dog is kind of comfortable, when you're gone, they typically just sleep. They just shut and down, yeah. I think yeah. that's sometimes, and not always, and depending on the age of the dog, but like Dewey can be really annoying and like hyperactive even for being an old dog. And you're like, how can he do that? Well, it's like he's literally sleeping all day, yeah, waiting for you. And then he and you, you're home, and then he's expelling all his energy. We got a little camera just to, when we first got him because we were like, if he's gonna have the whole house, we just want to make sure he's not getting himself in trouble, getting caught under something. I mean, we cleared out all of our like, we tucked our electrical wires and we moved the the um, furniture in such a way that he wouldn't hurt himself and like all sorts of stuff. Um, and we put on the camera, and the first thing we see is him sleeping literally next to the front door. Like, just on the ground, like, not on the couch or anything yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, so you can and, be anywhere you want. And, and we were just, and we were like, this is the saddest thing I've ever, it was, it was yeah. so heartbreaking. We're like, he just wants us to come home. So I actually had to stop watching the camera. So was this like a Wolf of Wall Street, like, teddy bear? <laughs> Uh, it's uh, or it, it's like a little. It's, I'm kind of joking, but it's yeah. just like a little baby monitor. Basically, it kind of looks like it kind of looks like Eve from Wally. It's like this little white robot. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, and it was like forty bucks, and, you, and the app is free, and you can actually move the camera. It's I'm, like I'm a, curious, is it like specifically intended for a dog? That I don't know. Okay. That I don't I mean, know. I was just curious. Yeah, um, yeah. But it yeah. was really. I mean, uh, uh, Ronit still stays on it. Um, but like I, I was just so empathetic to Hamilton every time I turned it on that I was like, I, this is not healthy for me to watch anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dewey, Dewey's the same way where he'll plop in front of the front door. And, um, what's funny is since he's a little older and his hearing is not quite as sharp is sometimes it's like you open the door and he'll still be kind of <laughs> sleeping and you kind of have to like push it a little bit to kind of like. Wake him up. It's That's not like hilarious. you open the door, like you unlock the door or whatever, and he's like <laughs> straight away up. Um, but he does the same thing, and I think yeah. our previous dog, Sparky, did the same thing where they're like just right next to the yeah. door. Mikey, I don't, I don't know if it's kind of like a sign of like a dog who's maybe felt abandoned before because since we've had Mike since he was nine months old, he just sleeps wherever he's sleeping, yeah, and, he, he, and then – he knows you're coming back, but but he's not, um, yeah, in front of the door. And even like sometimes I'll like I like to just sit out in the front for like I don't know ten minutes, and Dewey's in front of the door. It's like yeah, dude, like you could probably hear me or something. Hamilton um, now now he primarily goes on the couch or a couple chairs that he enjoys. Um, so he but but he definitely just sleeps so, all day. So that 
I was going to ask you next yeah. if you think he felt at home right away. Um, but it, I think pretty quick. Cause it, but there were certain things that I, I don't know if he trusted the the whole situation yet. Like, I think he knew this room is where I can go and I'm allowed to jump on this and I, I shouldn't jump on that and, like, stuff like that. But I, 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 I don't know if he was entirely trusting of the situation. Like, are these people going to come back? Or, oh, okay. um, or like, am I going to get fed on time? Things like that. Yeah. I don't know if he was entirely trusting of that yet. Now, there have been times that um, uh, we had to push his just because our work schedules changed. So we had to slowly push his um, his dinner time about an hour later than normal, uh, and it actually wasn't that hard at all because at that point he knew like you'll feed me. I know you will, so I'm not going to freak out that it's later because I know that eventually you will feed me. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you know about? I mean, you you've been here while Dewey's gotten fed, right? Oh man, Dewey becomes a uh, it's a frenzy, a different animal. <laughs> like when it's around dinner time, is he gets so eager for dinner? So it's like, I mean, dogs are uh, animals understand time. Like yeah. the weirdest thing is the time change where we moved. Um. What was it? We moved. What's you moved an hour back? Was it when you moved? No, when we moved an hour forward. So I was like, "There's no way he's gonna know," and he knew. Like, it's wild. It was like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really he. Uh, Hamilton's pretty good, but once you touch his bowl, like you pick it up, then he's like, "Oh boy, that means you're filling that bowl." So yeah. then he starts to freak out and jump, and he jumps so high. He jumps like up to his nose gets almost to my chest when wow. he jumps. Um, yeah, it's so he definitely he enjoys his food, but for like, the most part, he, like he trusts some, us to get it done. Sometimes I kind of like view I don't I view this in different ways, but I've thought about this before, where it's like, <laughs> sorry, Mike's just kind of um, breathing heavily in a funny way. The, the tennis ball situation um, is very intense, but like you you come home from work maybe there's something you really want to do when you get home whatever you get excited dogs have like but we have chores we have all these other things dogs have like very few things that they actually like are looking forward to like going for a walk and eating dinner those are like the top two things the to-do list is and small. so it's like that's where i imagine their adrenaline and everything is going so it's always like the 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 dog yeah, the dog's jumping really high and going yeah. crazy is always so well, he, fascinating. We always do one last walk for him to poop because he doesn't poop in the backyard for some reason. He'll pee in the backyard all day long, but he does not poop unless it's in a walk. Um, And uh, so we'll do one last walk before bed, and sometimes that last walk can be 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Okay. And we can be very tired. He yeah. is still a maniac on these walks he's so excited to walk and i think it's exactly the reason it's like this is one of the only few things he does and he really enjoys it so it's like every chance no matter how late he is thrilled is, is it like he's kind of does he kind of like lose some energy but then it's like he perks back up when you grab the leash or whatever pretty much yeah the second you touch okay. that leash or the say what it's really is the second you get your keys Oh, because he can, yeah. He can hear the jangle, and then he's like, it's time to go. Which then, like, when you're just leaving the house to go to work, then you have to be like, sorry, dude, this is not actually a walk (laughs) walk situation. Oh, yeah. For for us, we keep the leashes in a closet, and the closet has a very distinct sound. When you open it, 
So Dewey starts going ballistic. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like because it's funny. Like sometimes his back legs kind of like give out a little bit, um, just randomly throughout the house. But then it's like you're amazed what he can do. Um, totally. Well, it's the thing he wants. Um, yeah. So, how long have you had Hamilton now? So now it is. Uh, it was April. I believe it was April. Was it eight? It was the first of a month. I know that. And I was off. I was between rehearsals. When did I start rehearsals for this show? June. So yes, it was the first of April. Was when we took him home, or maybe the second, but it was the beginning of April. How how lame would it be if you're like we're 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 taking him, and you take him, you drive out the parking lot, you come back in April. April Fool. Fools, that'd haha! Like, like, you like, should have seen this the, coming the when we word, filled out the, the form. April, yeah. Uh, fools joke. But yeah, so um, so the beginning of April. So what is that? April, June, July. We're into August, so yeah. coming up on like four months. And so, um. How long did it take for you? You know, he he seemed kind of affected by this. How long did it take him to be kind of seem like a normal, happy dog? Like, I think I don't remember how long you had him when I met him, but he seems like a month. And he seemed just about like a, a normal dog. Yeah, he adapted really quick. I think um, we had a lot of interesting challenges as as first time adult owners of dogs so like I grew up with dogs that my parents primarily took care of like I f- did feeding and walks but like I didn't pay any veterinary bills I also oh, yeah. I was the one who was like hey I think his, he's walking funny and they would go and take him to the vet and find out what's actually going on like I would never actually know yeah. what's happening you know um, so so we had a lot of adjustments to make on our side of things um, uh, in terms of all that stuff because now I mean even now at four months if he breathes funny for a while, we're like, what is going on? Do we have to take him to the vet? We should take him to the vet because he's breathing funny. And it's really – he had like the equivalent of a hairball, right? But like yeah, it's- I you, I notice so much more now because cause we are the ones responsible. So that was actually a big adjustment. Like I – probably for the first month, I slept really poorly because I was just not used to, um, you know, this other entity in the bed. I was worried I might kick him in the head. Yeah. Um, I was always worried, did he wake up and have to go out? And I couldn't let him out, so he peed on the floor. Like, the first month, I was, like, not sleeping well. And, fig- you know, factoring him into our schedule in terms of, like, who wakes up and walks him, when do walks happen, both of us can't make it home, who's going to feed him, all these things. I was like, oh, my gosh, taking him to the vet, scheduling vet appointments, uh, uh, the difference between a combo heartworm and flea pill. And two separate pills, and when you give like these were all things that I was like, oh yeah, this is, yeah, this is what this is about. And then you're like, oh, I'll look it up on the internet, and you have that, that same thing that people run into with like WebMD or whatever, where it's oh, like it's everything. You're like, you're like, my head hurts, and it's like you have pancreatic cancer. Yeah, it and looks I'm like, like you're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. What? And so oh, it was like, hey, dog owners, what does this mean? And it's like, well, it could mean that your dog scratched himself a little too hard and that's fine or it could mean that these red lines are some kind of poison that's going into your dog's heart like it's it, like <laughs> it, it means your dog is actually an alien yeah. and it's like it's like men in black yeah like it's like what like yeah, yeah. so um it's been a it's been a wild uh, uh ride for us 
and like luckily he's been a super chill dog so like all i mean we, you know we had a situation um very like probably in his second month of us having him we had two rats in our house and so it's like we had to deal with these rats which then meant building in an entirely different schedule to the nighttime where it's like we walk hamilton and then someone has to lock him in the room while we set rat traps. And then someone has to make sure he never leaves that room until the next day when I can clear oh, the rat traps yeah. before I wake him up. It was like this. And then we had like a small flea infestation. So we had like a flea thing. Okay, put him in that room while we clean this. Give him a bath. Give him – like we had all these things like a ropes course very early on. Um, all of which he has been like, all right, do, okay, do what you need to do, you know. And like, luckily, Ronit is also very good at. She's a, a phenomenal researcher. So, like, even finding which vet to go to, um, she was like, "Here's what's in town, and here's what people say about them, and like, here's when I can schedule an appointment." Like, she's a, a phenomenal um, uh, researcher and and super knowledgeable about about how to handle these things. So, uh, between the two of us, we've gotten him and ourselves pretty well acclimated. Yeah. Well, it sounds like everything has gone. For the most part, pretty smooth, and it yeah. seems like you guys like made the right decision. Totally. Um, I think I forgot to ask you: Was there like any reason, particular reason, that you wanted a dog, or you're just like other than that you like dogs? I've just always been a dog person. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've just because well, we grew up with dogs. I, I like cats as well, yeah. but I think there's just a wider variety of cat that you get. Like, there's yeah. a wider variety of like this cat doesn't care, or this cat really likes you, or like what have you. Um, and for Roni, like her cat allergy is way higher than her dog allergy. Okay. Um, so I've just, I've just always wanted a dog. I enjoy dogs. I'm definitely a dog enthusiast. Cool. Well, I'm glad that everything is working out with Hamilton. Yeah. It's, it seems great, especially as the older dog. Cause even if like, let's just say in a scenario that you could have like a younger dog, you, not everyone wants that. So you being able to take on an older dog is great and helpful yeah. well and it's and it's it was a risk too i mean because you don't know this dog has stuff that like habits that you're probably not gonna be able to break you might be able to adjust but like yeah you don't know really what kind of what kind of dog you're gonna get and and i think we we lucked out in in hamilton who's uh just chilled out like we've had to have him in a cone recently because <laughs> of this flea thing and he really like he does not struggle when you deal with this cone and once it's on he's like all right fine this is my life now like we we lucked out with a guy who's very uh amiable uh well that that's awesome and i'm glad to hear everything is for the most part running smooth totally and i'm glad i could finally get you on the show i'm glad i could finally be here you are one of the biggest this is uh, huge listeners i'm super excited so it was great having you on um and thank you for being on is there anything you kind of want to like plug i know again i'm gonna say it again it's it's not like the best show for that like yeah any, can like, i just tell one funny hamilton story yeah of course yes. definitely i forgot to ask oh it's all right yeah. this is just like i was because again listening to the show i know like i'll oh, have one good story in your pocket and yeah. i i've got one where he so he's great with other people's food like we found like we set our own food out on the table and he'll maybe sniff it but even if we leave the room he won't try and eat it he's okay. like remarkably good with food um but we have a housemate and there was one night that Ronit and i were going to uh, a play a friend of ours was it was their opening night so we were going to this play and there was gonna be an after party 
and our housemate was like, I'll watch Hamilton the whole evening. It's all good. So we get home at probably about midnight, and Hamilton is like running back and forth up the hallway. He's like freaking out more so than usual when we get home. I'm like, what is going on? And our housemate told us that she had a McDonald's burger and she put it on her bed and it was wrapped. And then she went to the bathroom and came back. And in the time that she went to the bathroom and came back, Hamilton unwrapped the burger. Unwrapped. Unwrapped. Didn't eat the paper. He unwrapped it, ate the whole thing, this little guy, this little chihuahua, except he picked out the pickles. What? Okay. I mean, since he unwrapped it, I'm not too surprised about the pickles, but that's great. Like, that's, oh man, that's, 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 that's wonderful. Like, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, like you're worried and maybe you're mad, but it's like, I just gotta give you props. That's such a remarkable aspect of the story that he like, he also was like, oh, but no, 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 I don't eat that. I don't eat that. (laughs) Um, But then because like McDonald's burgers, like the ketchup is so sugary and stuff like that. Then he, and it's a, it's a, it's a burger that's bigger than his head. Yeah. He was like freaking out all night. He was on like a sugar high and then his poops were really weird for a few days. But it was just so I fun. I mean, if you think – if it's a quarter pounder, that's yeah. a high percentage <laughs> of his body weight. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the food. night when he's already eaten his his breakfast and dinner. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just – I love the fact that he, he picked was, was around he okay, the though? pickles. Was he okay, though? Like after that? Ended like, up, yeah. I mean, he had okay. like two days of like really harsh poops. Okay. Um, but afterwards, he was fine. We started feeding him pumpkin um, with each meal, a little scoop of pumpkin because I say that it helps um, digestion. Is that with just dogs or anyone? That's what we learned with just dogs for the most part. Oh. Um, but especially when we were transitioning food because he was having like allergies to his current food. And uh, so we yeah. – it and, and you can't switch food like immediately. So you have to kind of wean him off. If you want so, the runs. Do, yeah, right. If you just want <laughs> – exactly. <laughs> so um, over the course of the transition, we gave him pumpkin with every, every – a little scoop, like a spoon of pumpkin with every meal. And it helped a great deal. Um, but we did not know about the pumpkin trick when he ate that whole burger. Awesome. Yeah. That's that's the perfect story to end the show and to just have on the show. Totally. So do you want to share like your like Twitter or Instagram? On Instagram, you've been posting. Oh, I I do post a lot about Hamilton on Instagram. Yeah. So my my Instagram is at Max doesn't have IG. But you do now. But I do. It was a long running joke of how I never had one. And now I do. Um, Cool. Um, So yeah, check that out. There's lots of pictures of Hamilton. There's like, I think now we're up to three or four different. Uh, side by side, baby deer or Hamiltons as well. Do you take uh, pictures and then you look for a baby deer equivalent? No, I look for the baby deer first. Oh, I look for the baby deer first, and then I go. I could probably get Hamilton into a, an equivalent pose. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on social media at my name at Ilya Alexeyev. You can find this show on a plethora of platforms. I think it's on all of them. All of them that I can think of. Uh, it's not on Dogster. Sorry. What's Dogster? It was like a... I don't know if it was a social media site for oh. dog, but it was like MySpace era. I don't even... I, I don't know what it was. Was it all Dogster? Or am I thinking Friendster? I'm pretty sure there was a dog. I'm one. sure there would have been there. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there was a Dogster. If, if not, I'm making it up. But this show is available on basically every single platform, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. I'm glad to get it on there finally. It posts on YouTube. And if you have some – I know like some people use different Android apps, and it's available through there. 
Um, if you listen to this show, please rate it on a platform that has it. That will help greatly for other people to discover the show. So please give us uh, good reviews or any review at, to start. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully it's good. Um, there's an Instagram that I I need to use more and a Twitter account and Facebook at the Good Boy Pod. Um, you can like those, follow those, do all that fun stuff. Um, I'll continue to try to post good pictures there. Um, and yeah, share the show with your friends. It's a fun, easy, delightful time. Thank you, Max, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, and I just want to just say really quick, I'm glad you were able to get a dog from like the Humane Society and stuff. Cause like, I know Jack got his from like a breeder, but there's a lot of dogs who available there so it's like hey yeah. get one there sometimes they're free we, and got, they, we and got dewey for free wow I, wow I, I don't know if that's a good deal but, uh, no yeah I, yeah. yeah we got they dewey. do a great the humane study does a great job and the one in milpitas is remarkable they were extremely kind to us we they went, got remodeled recently as well we went so there. It, it looks like a it looks like a resort we they got a dog park that's open to got, the public too before we got dewey yeah and even some of the sites have live webcams like the, oh, the peninsula one interesting. has one. They have like a turf indoor area. Like there's not always dogs there, but like I was thinking like they need to hop on Twitch. These See, places right? need to hop on Twitch. Doggy Twitch would be huge. I'm I'm sure some people have done it, but that's that's my idea. Feel free to take it. Um just make sure you but, tag but, the good boy pod at it. Yeah, the good, yeah <laughs> ta- tag us on there. Um but uh thanks for listening and keep petting those dogs. <laughs>